God is love. The Apostle states this most clearly in the passage which we read. You'll find it in verse 8 and again in verse 16. It is repeated. The point is emphasized. God is love. You may well have heard these words before. Sadly, this great truth has often been misunderstood and indeed it has been abused. When, God, when John says that God is love, we must look to the context to learn what he means. In the context here, if we look at verse number 9, we read 1 John chapter 4 verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. This is the most wondrous of all truths. This defines and explains what those simple words mean. God is love. It's a very simple statement, but the truth of it is so profound and is so vital to each one of us. Let us see firstly that God's love was manifested toward us. The love of God is active. The Father sent the Son so that we can have life. This is about the fact that we are spiritually dead in our natural state. Why? Because Adam, the first man, rebelled against his Creator. And so was spiritually separated, estranged from God. In perfect holiness, God could have consumed Adam and Eve in fire and brimstone that very moment. But he did not. Instead, he made them a covering of animal skins. And he gave, in his judgment on the serpent, he gave a great promise. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. 
the seed of the woman would one day win the victory. And that was a promise repeated to Abraham. Genesis 22 verse 18 And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. In thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Abraham would one day have a greater son who would win the victory and bring blessing to all nations. King David too received that promise renewed. Second Samuel 7 verse 16 And in thy house and in thy kingdom shall sorry, and thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. What a glorious promise was given. Amidst a world of darkness, a world where evil seems to triumph on every hand, God gave a great promise of hope. This was a promise which seemed to grow dim. But even the almost hopeless situation was foretold. In Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1 we read, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. As Jeremiah says, Jeremiah 23 verse 5, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Amidst days of judgment, days of darkness, God gave great promise that though the house of David, pictured as a tree, seemed to have disappeared into the ground, yet from that root a new branch would grow vigorous and strong and rule in righteousness and justice. The day came when Rome was in charge in Jerusalem. Religion had become legalistic on the one hand or very liberal on the other with the Pharisees and the Sadducees the temple had become a money making opportunity where money was changed at a profit it had become a den of thieves but in the midst of those dark days God in love acted. That angel came to Mary with good news. Luke chapter 1 verse 26 through 35. You can read about that. Note there in verse 30 we read, And the angel said unto her, Fear not Mary, for thou hast found favour with God. 
And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. This is the wonder of God's promise fulfilled. This is the wonder of the incarnation. The eternal Son came from heaven's glory to be born of that woman laid in a manger in lowly Bethlehem. He laid aside the glory that was due unto him to be abused, misunderstood, and rejected. This was God's love manifest to us. This was God's love in action. God is love. In his epistle here, First John, we see that he began in chapter 1 with personal testimony concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. That which was from the beginning. Remember how he said in the beginning was the word. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. His gospel is all about the life and teaching and works of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's love manifested in the flesh. the eternal son incarnate to live as a man amongst his creation he is the word of life it is through hearing the testimony of the apostles and the holy scripture that testimony which has been declared unto us it is through hearing and believing that that we have fellowship with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Remember, this is the Holy God that we are talking about. This is God who saw the wickedness of the people in Noah's day. This is God 
who in righteous judgment destroyed the world that then was with that great deluge righteous judgment however even in that day he showed love for we read that Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord Noah was told to build an ark Noah entered that ark in obedience he had faith in what God had said and the Lord shut that door and sealed them in those who heard and believed were saved they were delivered from the wrath that came the love of God was manifested the love of God has been manifested in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ he sent his only begotten son as Noah entered that ark in response in faith to what God had said. So we must trust the one who left the glory of heaven and came to save his people from their sins. We have fellowship with the Father because God sent his only begotten Son into the world. We have life because God sent his only begotten son into the world. And John says, chapter 1 verse 4, that he, he wrote, here we are, 1 John chapter 4 verse 1, he says, Then these things write we unto you, that your joy may be Oh, his message was about the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was about the fact that God is love and that God has manifested his love toward us in sending his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. So we have seen that God's love was manifested toward us in the sending of his only begotten Son. Secondly, let us note that in love God sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. When you think of God manifest in the flesh Perhaps your mind turns to the baby laid in the manger. Perhaps that is very helpful when we think of how he laid aside his heavenly glory. When we consider his humility, his meekness, his true humanity. Then again, perhaps, 
you think of his great teaching. We read part of the Sermon on the Mount earlier, just a few verses. Many people respect aspects of that great sermon. At Nazareth, where he had been brought up, as he had been speaking to the people there, we read, Luke chapter 4, verse 22, that all bear witness and, and wondered. They marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And again, perhaps you could think of the miracles the feeding of the multitude. Remember how the people wanted to take him, make him king. But this was not why the eternal son came and lived as a man. God is love. God loved us. Chapter 4 verse 10 and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. He came. He came to pay a price we cannot pay. He came because God is holy and because God is love. He came to be the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. In the Septuagint the word we have here translated as propitiation is, is used for the translation of the word for the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. The place where the blood was sprinkled on the day of atonement by the high priest. The picture is of the holy God having his just wrath satisfied by the pure and voluntarily offered sacrifice. You can read about this great sacrificial system in the book of Leviticus. Leviticus pictures the sacrifice. How it had to be pure. How it had to be voluntarily offered by those set apart for the task. Jesus was both priest and Sacrifice. He laid down his own life. He, who was totally pure, who was tempted in all points like as we are, yet in whom was no sin, he yielded up his own life on that cross. His sacrifice was distinct and unique. The Levitical priesthood had to offer sacrifices every day. 
the high priest had to enter in every year to sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat. And there was no place in that ancient tabernacle in the temple. There was no place for them to sit down for their work was never done. But our great high priest when he had offered himself on that cross cried out it is finished. It was complete. Satisfaction had been made. The price had been paid. And now he is seated on the right hand of the majesty on high. And so it is a great comfort that we can read here. First John chapter 2 and the first verse. My little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He paid that price on the cross. His blood was shed to redeem all who trust in him. God is love. In love, the holy God has satisfied his holy wrath through the giving of the Son to suffer and die. And now, our risen Lord ever liveth to make intercession for us. He is our advocate. That does not mean that he is pleading with the vengeful God to give us another chance of being good. No. He is placing his own righteousness over us so that we are seen as sons. Remember, this is about how God has loved us and the price that he has paid to redeem us that our fellowship with him may be restored. Herein is love. Chapter 4 verse 10. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. If you ever hear anyone speaking of the love of God, point them to Jesus. Is coming to earth. Not only as a baby, not only as a great teacher, not only as a miracle worker, but coming to die on that cross. Point them to his death, burial, and resurrection. This is where God's love is manifested. But on the other hand, if anyone comes to you and complains or alleges that the God of the Bible is just angry and full of wrath, nothing but judgment, point out 
that that is the right response to great evil punishment is disturbed because we are sinners all of us read the ten commandments very simple we can all understand them none of us can keep them none of us think about telling lies think about coveting think about being unfaithful in thought think about hating somebody being guilty thereby of murder we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God none of us loves God with our whole hearts none of us every moment of every day oh dear friends we are all sinners but wonder of all wonders we can rejoice God is love and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins point those who are concerned or allege that God is just wrath and anger point them to the cross where God's love is manifested where Jesus came to pay that penalty the call upon us is to repent and believe to look to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith thirdly let us see that God's love was manifested that we might live through the Son. As Jesus explained to Nicodemus, we need a work of the Holy Spirit. We need to be born again. This is dying to self and rising to new life with Christ by the, the new work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus spoke of that vine. He said, I am the true vine, and ye are the branches. And the branches in that vine bear fruit. Life, fruit will be seen. Read here, chapter 4, verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. You can read about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit should be seen in those who are trusting in Christ. This is not about what we can do to earn favour with God, but rather the outworking of the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
It is the response to what God has done for us through the finished work of Christ on the cross. It is receiving this new life and living it out. As Jesus did not remain in the tomb but but rose to life, so in Christ we are made new. No longer to walk after the lusts, the desires of the flesh. This is what John says in chapter 2 and verse 14. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Those in whom the word of God abideth are those who have overcome the wicked one. The Christian faith is very practical. God has, in love, provided new life through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. This new life will be seen, transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's how the Apostle Paul put it in Romans chapter 12. But so will pretend new life verse 19 of chapter 2 we read they went out from us but they were not of us for if they had been of us they would no doubt have continued with us but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us there were some who seemed for a time to have received the apostolic doctrine, the good news of Jesus Christ. But they went out. They departed. Because they had not truly received it. They had not truly been born again of the Holy Spirit. It will become clear in the lives and testimony that people have. This is great cause for us all to examine ourselves to see if we be in the faith. And the answer, if you have any concern, is always repent and believe. Look to Jesus, his finished work, his glorious resurrection. not about anything you can do. It's about the fact that Jesus has done it all. And he died on the cross. This letter is about our joy being full. Our joy being full amidst a dark and difficult day. 
when there were those who proved false in their profession, when there were those who, as we read at the start of chapter 4, those who are false prophets, Many false prophets are gone out into the world, we read. Jesus warned that we should be uh, beware, he said, of wolves in sheep's clothing. We need discernment, but our joy can be full. How is it possible for our joy to be full? Because we're looking to Jesus. Because we know he's won the victory. We know he's working out his purpose. We know he rose in triumph from the dead. God is love. True love demands truth. So it is that I today have attempted to preach something of this truth to you about God's love manifested in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. To show you that Jesus was not merely a good man come to help us live better, but that he is the eternal Son, long promised, who came to save his people from their sins. He is the only begotten Son sent to be the propitiation for our sins. We are called upon. We are called upon verse 15 of chapter 4 here to confess. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God God dwelleth in him and he in God. Is Jesus your Lord? Have you come in repentance and faith? Do you confess that Jesus is your Lord today? What joy it is to know that Jesus is alive, risen from the dead, that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. He is working out his purpose. But the cross also reminds us of God's judgment upon sin. If you are not looking in faith to Jesus, you do not confess him. The wrath of God, I'm afraid to say, is abiding upon you. And in love, I must tell you, you will have to face that wrath, that judgment alone. There's nothing more serious, more solemn. But it would be a great denial of the truth not to tell you. Oh dear friends, let us look up unto Jesus in faith, knowing that he died to save 
and is risen again by the grace of God we through him can have new life hallelujah